0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey, welcome to the Roto Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. With me today is my buddy Drew Silva. Today is Saturday, August 19th. 2023 so last week we took a look at the hitting categories this week we're going to take a look at those pitching categories some under the radar players or players that don't get enough mention that can help you in your standard five by five categories but before we get into that let's get into some headlines and speaking of pitchers drew tony gonsolin is not only headed to the injured list it looks like he's thrown his last pitch this year um, placed on the injured list with what they're calling forearm inflammation which is interesting because I heard Gonsolin mention that it's somewhere between his shoulder and his elbow so hey let's go forearm instead for placing him on the injured list either way this is a big bummer for the Dodgers and a big bummer for people who are rostering Gonsolin on their fantasy roster
2: yeah it seems like the Dodgers maybe just found out on Saturday morning what exactly this injury is it's something he's been apparently pitching through for a little while. And you see that in the results. I think he has an ERA over eight, like in his last six starts uh, got blown up on, on Friday, on Friday night. So this has probably been a lingering thing for him. There's no really exact diagnosis yet, but for Dave Roberts to come out and say, like there's a good chance that he's thrown his last pitch of 2023. uh, There's probably some sort of structural damage that just goes beyond the inflammation right. for them to, to rule him out like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the fantasy fallout here. I, the Dodgers have so many kind of options to throw at the problem, they've been doing this all year, and, and some of those young guys have underwhelmed. You know, I, I'd like to see Ryan Pepio get an extended mm-hmm. run, I think that's that might be what happens. Um, but they could throw emmett sheehan gavin stone at the problem like they've kind of been doing all summer Um, i i i I, if if pepe like gets a locked in rotation spot which i think that's what's going to happen i i'd I'd really like him in fantasy i think he's someone that you almost like a must pick up
1: yeah i think all of those guys are at least a little bit interesting right like yeah gavin stone was a disaster and he hasn't had great numbers in uh uh the minors either but has looked better as of late uh did have a couple of nice six-inning starts recently. Last outing wasn't so good. Five innings of three-run baseball, but with eight strikeouts. The thing with me with Pepiot, and it's the thing with uh, Gavin Stone as well, is can they throw enough quality strikes? Because Pepiot's dealt with some real command issues at times yeah. in both the minor leagues and the major leagues. But his stuff is sick. Like If you take a look at like the Pitching Ninja websites and all stuff like that, there is some nasty, nasty stuff that's coming at you. He's looked really good in his minor league outings as well. Uh, and Sheehan showed his flashes of brilliance as well. Like uh, any of those guys is going to get a chance to pitch behind the Los Angeles offense, which is an awfully nice thing to get to pitch behind. I believe there. Did, did I see that uh, Miguel Rojas pitched? Or uh, uh, not Miguel Rojas. Uh, one of the Rojas has pitched. Uh, yeah, Miguel Rojas pitched yesterday uh, against his former team. That's got to be a lot of fun. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. because of what is
2: that hurricane called? That's coming off the West Coast. Hillary? Yes. Or,
1: yeah.
2: So they're, they're kind of in like an innings crunch because they've got to play a double header today. The Angels are playing a double header. Padres are playing a double header. This might be the fullest baseball Saturday oh, yeah. baseball slate, right? Like how many games are there? 20?
0: No, so not 20, but
2: 18? Teams. Eight, yeah, 18, I think there's 18, 18 games. I, I feel sorry for anyone who's on a news shift right now. at RotoWire. a poor guys, um, Not, but not yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's going to be a bit of an innings crunch with that. But I think once the, the dust settles going into next week, I would guess it's going to be Pepeo. But again, the Dodgers have, have a lot of options there in, Whoever gets that spot, even if it's just kind of a carousel, will we'll have some fantasy
1: intrigue, even if just as a streaming candidate. By the way, just to bring it up real quick, Lance Lynn, holy crap, what a resurgence that's been, and not a huge surprise. I mean, look, the metric suggested he was having some bad luck for a bad baseball team, but that has been a trade that has worked out quite well in their favor thus far. So, Drew, there was all this talk about um, – who is going to be the first of these, this loaded 2023 class? Who of them is going to be the first to get up? Is it going to be Dylan Cruz? Is it going to be Paul Skeens? Is it going to be one of those guys? Nope. <laughs> we should have known that the Los Angeles Angels just don't have the patience. Uh, they call up their first round pick. Uh, I just uh, Nolan Chanuel. I just wanted to make sure I pronounced it right because there's lots of ways you could go with that name, but I did just look it up. Nolan Chanuel gets the call. Uh in his first game, he hits a leadoff, which I think we need to talk about. That makes him all the more what? interesting.
2: <laughs> What's playing, going on?
1: playing first base? Listen to these minor league numbers, though. It, it's a small sample of 73 at bats. Dude hit 370 with a 493 slugging percentage. And I'm adding the on-base percentage last because it's that impressive. 510, fit 21 walks over 21 games, only 10 strikeouts, added a couple of stolen bases. Now, look, this was a guy who was drafted uh, with the 11th pick. I was a little surprised that it was that late. I thought he might be top seven, top eight, just because he was considered the most advanced bat in the class. So All due respect to Dylan Cruz in terms of just pure offensive ability, his offensive upside or offensive readiness, excuse me, was the best of anyone in that class. But I was thinking more mid twenty twenty four, early twenty twenty five. Yeah, at, at best August nineteenth <laughs> of twenty twenty three. Drew, this is crazy. It's one of the earliest call ups we have ever seen in Major League history for a first round pick and hitting at the top of the lineup. How interested are you in well I have no idea, dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's um. I don't know it it really took me by surprise. You oh gosh, might yeah. see this for for a pitcher here and there. It's happened <laughs> over the years. Uh but for a hitter to be called like yeah, you mentioned Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens like they just made their debuts last week in in yeah. high eight or low A ball. Uh most of the guys that were drafted in that was 40 40 days ago the draft. Um most of those guys are are like in the in the complex leagues or haven't even started their professional careers. So and you know me i'm a dummy that just like looks at baseball reference looks at minor league numbers and determines whether a guy's going to be good based off that or maybe watch some youtube videos i have no idea how to evaluate this guy like the the numbers he put up his last year at florida atlantic are outrageous like an 868 slugging percentage he batted 447 um I'm he like I I'd like to look at these numbers that he put up in the Angels minor league system and say oh I I don't know if he's going to hit for much power right away because he had what one home run and, and 96 right. plate appearances between the the complex league and low A and double A but I I don't really even know if that would be a true assessment of what kind of player this is but he's getting sure. an opportunity it's insane to me that they put him right at leadoff but the Angels are I mean they're desperate like. Yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They were aggressive sure. at the trade deadline. They didn't trade Shohei Otani. They're probably going to lose Shohei Otani. Um, they're just throwing crap at the wall, perhaps. Uh, yeah. But you know, they they needed a first baseman with CJ Crone going on in the injured list, and he has not been good since they got him no. from the Rockies. Um. So I I, and I don't know. Sometimes I think like I wish more teams would do this, like be aggressive sure. with a guy that that especially pitchers like you know throwing a baseball is not a natural movement and right pitchers are young pitchers are like almost always due for surgery at some point might as well use their innings where when they're when they're young i I know like if there are command issues you've got to try to iron those out on the farm but um i i wish that more teams were aggressive like this but it, it gives us very little time as like fantasy analysts to evaluate what kind of player they're going to be before they arrive i I have no idea what to expect i don't think i'd rush out to get him in fantasy but if he keeps hitting lead off and you know there's going to be an everyday role yeah um if 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 it's a deeper league sure i'll take a shot and and see what it looks like it's impressive that you know he at least got a hit in his major league debut
1: yep uh, gets a hit draws a walk so he gets on two of the five times that he gets on base uh by the way perfect angels game Shohei Ohtani hits a grand slam. They turn a triple play in the top of the ninth inning with Shandy Weld making a perfect throw at home. By the way, I don't know where Yandy Diaz was going, but hey, that's fine. Uh, the, the He wanted to get out of, I guess, Anaheim as well too. Perfect play. Grand slam from Ohtani. Your first round pick makes his debut triple play in the night you lose inning, nine six you, you lose an in extra innings it, it's perfect it, it's it can't get any better uh, it cannot get any better it is the ultimate tungsten o'doyle game it does not get any right. better i feel bad for angels fans man you i, I Kind of, you get to watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout play baseball, but it, it's a you, you might be a cursed organization, and that cursed organization has been to the World Series infinitely more yeah. times than my favorite baseball team. So that's
2: uh,
1: that's just the Trout,
2: way. yeah, Trout, by the way, is uh, they're saying any day now he gets activated because he, yes. took took live batting practice on Thursday. I'm assuming he did it again on Friday. I think, I mean, they're going to skip a minor league rehab assignment. If he has no linger. he he said Tuesday that he was still feeling some discomfort, but it's a pain management situation. And we see how desperate the angels are. I wouldn't oh, be surprised gosh, yeah. if he's activated Saturday or Sunday. You know, I think he's coming back before the end of the weekend.
1: Would not or shock maybe, maybe me at Monday. all. Yeah. And, and we can just expect their 2024 first round pick to somehow play in this series before. Or they don't play. Su- they on. don't
2: play Sunday. I, I forgot they got. They got hurricaned out, so yes, maybe it maybe it happens Saturday. If not, then it would
1: be Monday. Should be very soon. Either way, be prepared to put that guy back in your lineup. Uh, another call up that is coming: uh, Noel De Marte. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, Marte is considered one of the better infield prospects in baseball. He was a guy that got traded from Seattle to Cincinnati, and the Luis Castillo blockbuster. Real quick, just want to say thanks again to Drew for eliminating the Seattle Mariners, who are currently in the postseason. As we talk right now, a half game up on the Toronto Blue Jays. Thank you very much, my friend. Really do appreciate that. But look, Marte is a guy who has a chance skill-wise to hit for average, hit some power as well, put up solid, if unspectacular, numbers in the minors. Drew, my concern here is, where the heck is Noelve Marte going to play for the Cincinnati team? And the Reds are not in audition mode right now. They are in postseason mode. They have a real chance of taking one of these wild cards, which is, and heck, winning the division still as well. That is far from out of the reach. So my concern with Marte would be, and I'll be curious if you agree, yeah, I'm very curious by, about him based on his talent. But where the heck is he going to play? Yeah, I mean, Jonathan India has that plantar fasciitis
2: barking again. He's he's back on the injured list. Sure. Um, but their their best infield alignment right now is Matt McLean at second base, Ellie De La Cruz at shortstop, and Spencer Steer at, at third base. And I think they'll generally stick with that. This is probably a case where, like, all right, Marte is going to get a start this weekend somewhere. Um, and if he hits the ball well, maybe he can roll that into getting more and more starts. But he, it's, it's sure. a situation where he's probably going to have to impress right away. I'm intrigued by the talent, um, but he's 21 years old. I, 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 I don't think you have to rush out to get him in fantasy because there's just not necessarily a regular role for him right now. I mean, they could move. You know, they've been playing steer at first base and in the outfield um, or at even at DH. There could be an opportunity if if he does get off to a hot start, uh, but just looking at the landscape of it right now, I, 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 I think he's going to be more of like a, let's see where he fits on this roster in 2024. He's got that power speed combo that we all like in, in fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a really good player long-term, but um, yeah, for now. And then I, I bet when India comes back, which, you know, could be at the end of this month, I think he was shut down for two weeks, like a week ago. So he's, right in the midst of that period um I, I would guess that maybe Marte goes back to the minors unless he like just flat out impresses I I, I ruled out the Mariners from making the postseason <laughs> rule out Marte from being an impactful fantasy infielder the rest of the way but I'd like to be wrong on that one too
1: congrats to Noel v. Marte on winning rookie of the year no I, I totally agree like this is just does seem like a short-term thing um maybe you use like 1% of your fab or if you got an empty bench spot that I can recommend something like that. But it really does seem like he's more of a bench option and the minor league season is coming close to an end. The Reds can call up Marte. Now today is the day that according to all of the uh, projections is that you can call a player up and still have rookie of the el- year eligibility next year, yeah, which is a big win. thing because of, yes, that's correct. Oh boy. Speaking of Mason Wynn, I want to ask you this before we take our quick commercial break and then get into the pitching categories. Did Pete Alonzo know? Yeah. You think I mean, so? I
2: didn't, see what, I didn't see. Did he talk about it post-game, I'm assuming?
1: He did. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Mason Wynn made his Major League debut, yeah. gets his first hit uh, on a little chopper, shows off that speed. Pete Alonso immediately fires the baseball into the second deck. Miles Michaelis, who might be the most angry person in baseball, and I kind of understand why, because, you know, he's playing for a team who's not very good, and he hasn't been all that great, but gets very upset. Everybody's goes nuts because that's his first hit, and it is now the property of the crowd in that stadium. He did speak. He apologized profusely. He said he was unaware of the situation. He didn't know. It seems very weird to not know. Um in that situation. And uh thankfully Wynn did get the baseball back. So that's great. That he does have that uh something that everybody wants is that first hit. They often give it to their yeah, um, the crowd fathers, was getting, getting on him, and, and yeah, and the, they were they, they were going nuts, but the I, 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 I,
2: well, I, it's, it's I the loudest Bush the Stadium has been in a in a few months, though. So. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I guess I could see Alonzo playing for a bad Mets team this year just not really paying attention to what's going on around the league and sure. not, not, I mean, I wouldn't blame him for not knowing who Mason Wynn is. um Right. But he didn't throw it into the stands right away. um So he, he like has to stretch for the ball and, and falls on the ground. Yeah. Gets up, looks at it, asks like the pitcher if he wants it um like looks to the Cardinals dugout and it looks like maybe they were calling for it and he, th- he threw it up in the state. I Ooh. I think he did it intentionally, a little bit frustrated yeah. about the season, about the play that had just happened. But I don't I don't think like P. Alonzo is a bad guy. I thought it was kind of funny the overall scene. The this Cardinal season turned to comedy for me pretty early on, um, and that's the way that I'm getting through it.
1: Yeah, that, there's nothing wrong with that. I've had to do that for uh, my entire life being a Seattle Mariner fan, so I totally understand <laughs> uh, what you're going through. Um, win also pointed out, I thought this was funny, he said, um, it was a funny thing, it became a lot funnier after I got the baseball back, because I could see it being much easier to laugh about a situation like that after you get your first hit. By the way, Ryan and I will talk about it, but absolutely, go grab Mason Wynn in Fantasy Leagues. All right, we're going to get into the pitcher category preview, but first we're going to take a quick commercial break. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can access the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. Drew, this is especially late in the season. That's a pretty valuable tool.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Yeah, go get it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about those pitcher categories. Um, for those unfamiliar, we're going to be talking about wins, ERA, whip, strikeouts, and saves. We'll also go over the leaderboard. Um, some surprises at the top of some of these things, I got to tell you, Drew. Um, But now, I mean, we we talked about it last week. We've talked about it a bunch. You've got to start targeting categories, folks. It is so late in the year. Your postseason probably starts in two to three weeks in good leagues. In my personal opinion, that's when they should be starting up. But even if not, you have got to specifically be targeting these categories.
2: Yeah, if you're in a roto league and you're trying to make up ground in, in certain areas, um, it's it's smart to kind of compartmentalize things this way. Let's start out with wins, which are always fun. Uh, great, great stat, great, <laughs> great stat, stat in two thousand twenty three. <laughs> but you know, it's part of it's part of fantasy baseball. It's part of what you got to consider in a pitcher's profile whether there's win potential. The leaderboard right now. I'll do the top ten for for each of these. Spencer Strider with fourteen. Zach Gallon thirteen. Uh, Justin Steele. Taiwan Walker. Zach Eflin. Kyle Gibson, Charlie Morton, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Nathan Eovaldi, Clayton Kershaw, Dean Kramer, Shane McClanahan, poor guy, uh, Garrett Cole. Yeah, my um, yeah, I mean, there's, I guess, some surprising names on there, but it's it's just a weird stat anyway. We don't need to really get into that. My <laughs> under the radar option for for wins right now is is JP France, and you know, the Astros have a, a crowded rotation at the moment. It's a nice right. luxury. To have but for sure they've made jose or available out of the bullpen recently i think he pitched out of the bullpen on friday um as they're rolling with kind of the six-man group and trying to keep everyone fresh and france like remains locked into a starting role every you know five, four, five or six days and he's been awesome roster percentage at 68 percent on yahoo that that should even be higher um, mm-hmm. He did not get a win Friday against your Mariners. Con- congrats to you, Chris. Thank Houston's you. offense gave France zero run support, uh, but he allowed just two solo homers over six innings, building on what has been a-, a hugely impressive rookie season. Overall, a 2.75 ERA with 80 strikeouts in 108 innings, a 9-4 and record in-, in 17 starts. Since the end of June, he is 7-1 and with a 1.98 ERA in 54 and two-thirds innings. Six quality starts in that stretch. Um, You know, France was, like, never a top-ranked prospect, and his, like, baseball savant page, his stat cast data doesn't scream, like, dominance, but his fastball command and fastball spin have, you know, that's be, kind of become his bread and butter, and he's had great success with his slider and his cutter, especially against right-handers. His cutter ranks up there across the sport as one of the most effective pitches against right-handed batters. There's been very little hard contact against it. It's, it's hard to barrel up. It has like a lot of sinking movement. Um, and, it, and he dots the upper part of the zone with his fastball to attack lefties. You know, it's a good plan when you have the command to execute it and it allows him to work deep in into games and let the Astros offense, you know, do their thing except on Friday. Um, Yeah, he's gone at least seven innings in four of his last six starts. He posted high strikeout rates in the minors, so maybe that'll come through eventually at the major league level as as his career moves along. But for now, the recipe is really good for wins and ERA and WHIP. Just a, a really fruitful situation for you know for fantasy with JP France and
1: and that Astros rotation. I think that's a great call. And look, France pitched really well yesterday. He just happened to. Yeah run into bryce miller who was fantastic and also julio rodriguez who might be the hottest hitter in baseball right now uh picked up went nine for nine and then i think should have gotten another hit to go 10 for 10 but they ruled it in air the ball was kind of knuckling and jeremy pena who's normally pretty solid drops that baseball and then julio gets a hit in the next at bat but it, it's been incredible to watch him yes i'm turning a pitching category preview into a love session for julio well, rodriguez. what are the
2: what are the mariners uh world series odds right now I have no idea.
1: I know that I bet a hundred bucks on them at 15 to one before the season. So um, I'm hoping for the best, but uh, they're interesting. They're playing really well. They're playing really well. Why don't you look that up while I talk about a Cardinal that I'm going to recommend for win chances, which feels weird, Uh, but I'm going to go with Dakota. I'm going to go with Dakota Hudson. And part of this has to do with the fact that as bad as the Cardinals have been, I don't think they're still this bad. And Dakota Hudson has picked up wins in his last three starts. And the one thing we know Dakota Hudson does is he's going to get ground ball outs and he's going to be fairly efficient and get deep into games. And you've seen that in those last three. No, they haven't been spectacular. Yes. He has a 4.03 ERA, which is mediocre at best, but he gets deep into games. And I think he gives you that chance to help you in that win category. Next start coming up against the Mets Mets, Yeah, the Mets have dominated these uh, first two games against him, but I don't expect the Mets to sweep them. The Mets aren't a very good baseball team either. I like Hudson to get a win there. Then he goes up against the Phillies. That's not the greatest, but there's lots of favorable matchups, I think, coming up for Hudson down the stretch as well. I like guys who can get deep into games and give you that chance at that win. Now, look, it also gives you the chance at that loss too, because the deeper you are, the more that comes about. But if you're desperate for win chances, I think Dakota Hudson makes chance, makes sense in that category. Cardinals are plus a hundred thousand
2: to win the world series. <laughs> Let's, go. Uh, the, the, Let's go. The Mariners are plus 2,500. So 25 to, to one. I, that's, that's not bad. That's kind of intriguing. Of mm-hmm. the teams that are currently in, and we're gonna do, I think, a, a little bit of a wild card uh, based show next Saturday, um, and, and talking about some fantasy angles. But of of the teams that are currently in the playoffs, like in the playoff picture, the Cubs at plus seventy five hundred. Oh. I don't think they would would have the pitching mm-hmm. to make it. But that's kind of intriguing. If if you're yeah. like looking for an underdog, that would be sure. kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Don't, don't count on Dakota Hudson for anything.
1: (laughs) I I, I was like, you're just bringing this up because you can't say something positive about Dakota Hudson. Can you, but look, I think as a deep sleeper, I think he does make sense in that win category. Again, I don't expect him to help in any other categories, but because he gets ground ball outs, because he can get deep into games and because he's got some favorable matchups coming up. I do like Hudson in that category. Um, let's talk about the ERA
0: category. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I'll,
2: I, I agree with you actually, like, and they yeah. need him to cover some innings down the stretch. Sure.
0: That's a good point um,
2: too. And that's what he's going to do. And I, I don't expect him to continue this run that he's been on. Cause just the stuff isn't very good, but the Cardinals have been playing better defense, you know, like Jordan Walker's looked a lot more comfortable in right field. Um, it probably helps that Nolan Gorman's been a little bit, injured lately because he's not a great defensive second they're just they've been playing better defense than they did in the first portion of the year sure. tommy edmund in center field is awesome mason Wynn putting him at shortstop is is terrific so yeah it, it works for what hudson's arsenal provides Fair. um yeah well all right let's get into to era I'm, I'm gonna go with graham ashcraft first and you know overall this year he has failed to deliver on postseason sleeper hype that he had a lot of people liked him as a breakout candidate i liked him as a breakout candidate um and we're kind of just starting to see why people were so high on him within you know the last several weeks he was he was really good in april um then had a really rough may and june there were a couple of huge blow-ups in there uh then it got interrupted by an il stint for a calf strain but since the beginning of july he has a 2.28 ERA over his last 8 starts covering 51 in the third innings. His strikeout rate hasn't spiked the way you'd like in that stretch, but he's showing great command and pitching deep into games for a Reds team that still has a legitimate shot at the National League Central title or or maybe you know one of the final two NL wild card spots. Sure. Ashcraft's gone at least 7 innings in each of his last 3 starts. He isn't walking too many batters isn't allowing very many hits. I I was digging into this. I can't really figure out why he doesn't strike out more hitters. Like, with the mm-hmm. improvements he's made with his slider, he kind of throws multiple sliders. There's, like, a power slider and then more of a looping one. Um, but he uses them more to induce soft contact than generate whiffs. He throws them more in the zone than a lot of pitchers do. Um, sure. It's You know, the slider's an out pitch for a lot of pitchers, and he's just kind of using it to... To get weak ground balls or, or weak fly balls. It's like a solid real life strategy, as proven in, in his recent ERA. And you know, by my amateur scouting profile, you know, with the overall profile that he has, I, I, I think there should be more swing and miss to tap into as his career moves along. He's only 25 years old. I like the adjustments that Ashcraft's made, the velocity, the the cutter, great movement on his entire arsenal, and, and he can tweak it. To, you know to round into a really effective I think long-term starter for Cincinnati but for now I, I say you lock him in as an ERA helper the rest of the way and you might just luck into an uptick in K's there's been a bit of that in his last couple of starts 45% rostered on Yahoo that should be higher um, even though his overall season totals are pretty lackluster he actually has the same ERA right now 4.89 that he posted last year but the recent signs are good. Again, a 2.28 ERA in his last eight starts going back to the beginning of July.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually picked Ashcraft for the whip category. Now I'll pick somebody else. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want us to uh, double up on that one, but yeah, I like that call That's a lot. Right. And I think he's going to be a, no, it's not true. It's not okay. We have to have 10 names. It is. It's a, it's a law in We have to yell at each it's other. Different. This is we uh, have Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were Stephen A. Smith. We'd be, uh, we'd be doing this on a yacht if we were. Um, I like that call a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with Dane Dunning, who I actually also thought about in the strikeout category because he struck out double digits in two of his last three starts. But I'm a fan of Dunning. And I think the fact that, you know, you take a look at the metrics and maybe you're not going to be super impressed because he doesn't have a great K percentage. His fastball velocity is well below average. He doesn't get a ton of spin on his fastball. But what he does is, he gets on hitters very quickly. He has one of the best extension rates in baseball and he throws everything for strikes. And when you can get on top of hitters and you can throw pitches for strikes, you can get initiate a lot of weak contact. Now that hasn't necessarily shown up, but there've been a lot of flashes that suggest that Dane Dunning has been better than I think those metrics suggest. And again, I'll point out the fact that metrics are not predictive. They just tell you what has or hasn't happened. I The eye test passes for me with Dane Dunning. I like the fact that he's playing for a team that is more than in contention. Heck, they might be... American League favorites right now with how Baltimore's gone through some stuff and some other stuff as well. uh Got to hold off the Astros to win that division. I think whoever wins that division is going to be my American League favorite. By the way, whoever I can agree. come out on top I in agree. the A.O. West is going to be my favorite to win the win the world uh, to win the American League. Somebody in the National League, I think, is the favorite to win Atlanta. the World Series. Yeah, I think Atlanta has to be the favorite, although. The Dodgers are playing so dang well as well. But yeah, I like Dane Dunning in that ERA category as well, and it doesn't hurt that he has pitched exceptionally well in two of his last three outings.
2: The the Dane Dunnings are, you know, a big part of why the Rangers have suddenly become one of the best teams in baseball. You know, they sure. spend a lot of money. They got, you know, Corey Seeger and uh, Marcus Simeon, and I mean – max scherzer the the trade yeah. for max scherzer obviously sure. um yeah jacob Degrom didn't work out it's it's like these guys that you know are, are former top prospects or you you made yes. a trade i mean that they, they acquired dunning from the white Sox, and he didn't work out initially um but now he's he's rounded into a, a very important piece for that rotation and like all of a sudden the rangers have all the parts that you'd want on like a postseason Absolutely. bound team right they can yeah. get through a a a three game series they can get through a five game series they can get through a seven game series and very very dangerous team um i i I don't i xed out the world series odds but they would be an intriguing play for me um we're moving on to whip now Mm -hmm. i suppose uh mine's brady singer as an under the radar option he's kind of like been a forever sleeper it feels like and had that sort of mini breakout last year that has not carried over into the span of this year. He had a 3.23 ERA and a 1.14 whip over 153 innings in 2022. He's at a 4.91 ERA and 1.32 whip through 135 and two thirds innings here this season. Um, But he has one of the best whips of any major league starter since the all star break. He's like really finding his form again in the second half of the season Over his last five starts going back to July 22nd, a 2.45 ERA, only 19 hits allowed in just six walks in 33 innings with 35 strikeouts. He went eight innings August 3rd against the Mets, pitched into the eighth last time out against the Mariners. Um, There was a report Friday from John Heyman of the New York Post that the Reds really wanted Brady Singer at the trade deadline. That would have been a pretty cool fit with how how well he's pitched lately i'm sure other teams checked with the royals as well uh, he's you know exactly the kind of cost controlled starter the royals need right now as they try to emerge out of this seems like a per- perpetual rebuild um but he's going through his arbitration years now and getting more expensive so maybe they'll, they'll listen to offers on him over the off season and the asking price will only rise if he keeps doing what he's been doing over the last several weeks. Um, starting against the Cubs here uh, on Saturday at Wrigley Field, a hungry Cubs team. Um, a deep and efficient outing from Brady Singer in that environment would would really solidify his status as you know a fantasy riser for the rest of this year. And I think in the long term, even though his first half was a bust, 64 percent rostered on Yahoo. Some people gave up. Um, I say give Springer another shot, especially with the command that he's shown and just not allowing many hits. He's a, he's a really good candidate for the, for the whip category down the stretch.
1: Yeah. I like that call a lot. And he's somebody that I brought up with Ryan during one of our shows that I liked a lot for the second half, just because what he couldn't be that bad going forward. And look, I watched that start he had against the Mariners where he took a no hitter into the seventh inning. And then Dominic Mm -hmm. Canzone, of all people is the one who breaks that one up. But yeah, he's looked great. And you know, not a big fan of him for the win category, but for the whip, I think he makes an awful lot of sense because he throws a lot of quality strikes. This is kind of a weird one because it's not one I thought I would be mentioning for the whip category based on what he did earlier, but I'm going to go with Mackenzie Gore, who has been excellent in terms of avoiding walks over these last three starts. and 17 and one-third innings, he's issued just five, no more than two in any of them. He's also struck out 17 compared to those five. Uh, ERA of 4.15, which is not great, but is... Certainly something that can uh, help you looked fantastic on Wednesday against the Red Sox. Six in the third innings allows just a one hit, two walks, seven strikeouts, gets six ground ball outs, game score. If you're into that sort of thing, which you should not be of 76, but that'll certainly play. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Gore as of late, and I've been impressed with what I've seen from Gore for most of the season as well. He's going to be somebody I am rostering a lot in 2024, because I think that he has that upside to be an absolute top of the rotation starter. And he's a guy that you could probably get in the mid to late rounds as a top of the rotation starter as well. Most people aren't paying it close enough attention. Don't use that eye test stuff. You're in for some clunkers here and there because he is a 24 year old in his first full professional season. And I do wonder if maybe the nationals might be cognizant of his innings total as well, but for right now, Mackenzie Gore looks great and he's throwing a lot of quality strikes. I think he can really help you in that category. By the way, Drew, we forgot to give the leaders on those last two. Do you have the leaders for the the whip category at least? That's okay.
2: (laughs) I'm not doing my job. Um, That's okay. One sec. Well, the, while this loads the nationals deserve credit for not being like me too because they have you know they have every every reason to be awful and they're not like i I think mike rizzo takes a lot of heat um because how how far they've fallen from sure what what looked like it could be like a sustained kind of not dynasty but you know they were World Series champs just only a couple of years ago, and uh, that's true. But they're they're not bad, and they've got some intri- intriguing young players. And oh yeah, I mean they're they're making they're like making life difficult for all of these wild card teams right now. All In right, fact, category, if I had,
1: real, real yeah. quick, I just wanted to say, if I had a vote. For manager of the year, which I'm glad I don't because that's a stupid category. Dave Martinez would be pretty high on my list too. I think he deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team together. I know we always usually just go with if team was supposed to be bad and good, that's who we vote for. But I think you got to give Davey Martinez a ton of credit for this team sticking together and playing hard as well. Who's it going to be this year? Bruce Bochy? Um, uh, Bru- Bochi, I think, will probably get it in the AL. In the NL, I think it's probably going to be David Bell, just because we didn't have any expectations for the Reds, and the Reds are good. So that's how that almost always sense. works. Or, or uh, Skip Schumacher. Skip, skip Schumacher. Oh, it's absolutely sure. that if-then statement. Yeah, both of those guys, I think, because of low expectations, we have no idea how good of a job they've done managing or not. Let's just be honest. Even if we were watching those teams every single day, we have no idea how good they are at it. But that's how this always works: expect it to be bad, got a chance to win manager of the year. Expect it to be good, you better go 125 and 37 because that's the only way. Even then, manager of the
0: year.
2: No, yeah, even <laughs> then you're not getting
1: it. Uh, I mean, Dave Roberts should
2: probably have five manager. Oh of the year yeah, ones, you know right. Yeah, no, that's right. fair. So, so the. Yeah, looking back here, the ERA leaderboard. Blake Snell is this way? Is this right? Wow, Wow. (laughs) I somehow did not know that that he's leading the league in ERA, two point six five in one hundred thirty six innings. Do I have like a qualifier? I don't. All right, all right. Anyway, Nathan Gavaldi, two point six nine. Justin Steele again on, on another leaderboard. Garrett Cole, Sonny Gray, Merrill Kelly, Dane Dunning. Your boy, Zach Gallen, Shohei Ohtani, I think he hits too. George Kirby, Luis Castillo, Kevin Gosman, kind of rounding out the top 12. Um, over at WIP, we have Nathan Eovaldi leading WIP with 1.01 among qualified starters, we should note. Mm-hmm. Uh, George right. Kirby, Zach Eflin, Zach Gallen, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, Corbin Burns, Shohei Ohtani, I think he hits as well. Uh, Garrett Cole, <laughs> Logan Webb, Michael Lorenzen who's been awesome. I need to like issue a Mia Culpa too. Cause when we talked about like maybe fading some pitchers for the second half, I was like, Oh, Lorenzen's going to hit a wall. He has not hit a wall. He's been awesome. Obviously through a no hitter for the Phillies. Um, All right, let's move on to strikeouts. Now let me read that leaderboard and do my job. (laughs) I I think you can guess who's number one. It's Spencer Strider with 227 strikeouts and 146 innings. Goodness. Uh, Kevin Gosman is number two, Pablo Lopez, three, Blake Snell, Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, Zach Gallen, Luis Castillo, Shohei Otani. I think he hits as well. Uh, Mitch <laughs> Keller, all right, he's yeah. been real bad lately. I, yeah, there's another Mia Culpa where I said, oh, I think Keller has arrived early on in the season, and eh. whoopsie, still missing bats though. Jesus Lazardo, yep. good to see him at round at sure. number 11. All right, yeah. my uh, under the radar option for strikeouts is going to be Nick. Pavetta mm. the, the problem with strikeouts is like you're not going to find many sneaky starting pitchers right. in, for fantasy like in the strikeout category they're all pretty well identified I, I read an awful lot of those names and they're among the best pitchers in baseball because that's what yes the best pitchers in baseball do is they get whiffs uh, but yes so that is that 48% rostered on Yahoo so he's out there for a pickup in, in some leagues and you know striking out batters at a pretty elite rate. Backed in what is for now a locked-in rotation spot with Boston. Um, He had a couple months stretch in a multi-inning relief role, which is not a role that carries a ton of fantasy appeal. And there is some risk that he gets pushed back to the bullpen when Tanner Huck uh, returns from the injured list. But I don't know. I I think the Red Sox would have to like what they've seen from Pavetta lately in in this starting gig. He has a 3.17 ERA, 71 strikeouts over his last 48 and a third innings. He had a 13-strikeout start against the A's in mid-July, a 10-strikeout game a couple weeks later at Seattle toward the end of July. Uh, we'll see what happens when Tanner Huck gets activated. It's probably going to be either Monday or Tuesday, but I, I would I would think, and I'm, I am guess I'm just hoping that Pavetta is allowed to stay in the rotation and keep racking up K's in a traditional sure. starter type of role. Maybe the Red Sox will try a six-man rotation or – they could put Cutter Crawford in the bullpen. I, I, he's mm. been, I, I mean, he's been really good. But over like the last few weeks, he was he's been their their most mediocre starter. They've got good starting pitching recently, which is kind of a surprise. It's good to see Chris Sale back, um, but you know remains to be seen. But Pavetta's second half strikeout rate right now. So since the All Star break, is second only to Spencer Strider. That second half strikeout rate leaderboard goes Strider, Pavetta freddie peralta kenta maida good to see him back and performing well uh gavin mm-hmm. williams who we've, we've talked about on previous episodes corbin burns tyler glass now Aaron nola blake snell max scherzer pablo lopez luis castillo and pavetta's number two uh, so that's pretty good company for that him is- to be in you know we'll see what happens we should know by early next week what his role is going to be moving forward but I, I, if I'm the Red Sox, I keep him in the rotation or, you know, do like a put him in a piggyback relief role because I guess he's used to being used as a swingman. But, um, yeah, generating
1: a lot of whiffs right now. So I was just thinking before I get into my sleeper, you said he's at Striders at 227 strikeouts at like 143 innings or something like that. 146, yeah. 146. He's probably got seven starts left at most. I don't think he can get to 300, but he's going to get into like nah. that 260, 270 range. That's really impressive, man, for a second year starter to be even flirting with that. And if he had like a 14 or 15 strikeout effort or maybe two of those, maybe we can start talking about that. The problem, I think, is going to be that um, you're going to be setting up your rotation for sure to have yeah. strider pitching because they they have everything locked up except for that one seat. I guess the Dodgers still have a little bit to play for there in that regard but yeah uh, there's an outside chance that Spencer Strider could finish the year with he like is, 280 yeah. to 300 strikeouts that's crazy I mean so he has faced
2: 595 batters struck out 227 of them that's I mean that's almost you know that's round crazy. up a little bit that's almost half that's I mean it's like 42 percent of the batters he's faced he's struck that's
1: Insane. Out. good for him yeah. uh this guy is not striking out bats at that level but I can't believe we're recommending two Kansas City starters, by the way, for this category. Oh. But I'm going to go with Cole Regan's, who has looked fantastic in terms of at least missing bats, especially in the month of August. He has struck out 33 batters in 23 and two thirds innings, only issued eight walks as well. So he hasn't hurt you there as much as he has had big command issues for a lot of his career. There's a reason why he's pitching for Kansas City and not Texas. He's a guy that basically Texas kind of gave up on but he's pitched really well as of late. He struck out eight against the Mets. He struck out 11 against the Red Sox, only five, but over five innings against the St. Louis Cardinals. And he struck out nine on Friday over six innings against the Chicago Cubs. It's worth pointing out that Reagan's was a former top prospect. And sometimes these things take a while to develop. He's only 25 years old. Looks like he's really coming into his own. I don't trust him or an singer to help in the win category. And both of those guys are at risk of having a really bad outing. In fact, to like even the start against the Cardinals was not so good. But outside of that, that Cole Reagans has really looked the part. And if you're desperate for some strikeout help, I think Cole Reagans makes a ton of sense.
2: Speaking of at risk for a, a bad outing, let's try to find some sleepers in the, the <laughs> category. That's a good segue. So. Um, yeah, let me read off the leaderboard one sec. My computer's crawling today. All right, Emmanuel oh, Classe is, is leading the league with 33. Alexis Diaz tied, actually, and Camilo Duvall all tied with 33 at the top. Mm. Felix Bautista, Jordan Romano, Devin Williams, Kenley Jansen, Ryan Presley, Josh Hader, Carlos Estevez, David Bednar, Paul Sewald. now with the Diamondbacks, Al Iglesias, and that kind of rounds out the top 12. Um, I don't know uh saves i, I had advert <laughs> as i had Adbert as for saves the last time we did this which was i think what a couple months ago maybe early july right um or, or late june and that was before he was cool so yeah i'm good at i'm good at my job <laughs> I, nice i was gonna say trevor may here uh six saves since the all-star break he got lit up in his last appearance and the a's are terrible so i I don't know. There's a reason May's roster percentage is so low, and you can't count on Oakland bringing many leads into the ninth inning down the, the stretch. And With him, there's like a risk of a blow-up that's going to kill your ERA, so I'm, I'm not going to recommend him. I'm going to go with Gregory Santos, who there you go, has taken over the cl- closer role with the White Sox, but is still available in nearly 80% of Yahoo leagues. He blew a save in pretty ugly fashion Wednesday against the Cubs, but If you ignore that, you know, conveniently delete it from his game log. He had a 2.53 ERA in his previous 57 innings to begin the season. Um, Picked up two saves in the last 10 days, could have had a third if if Wednesday's outing went a little bit better. And yeah, the White Sox are a mess, Um, but it's not for a lack of talent. Like they'll win some games down the stretch, and Santos should be finishing. Those games he's had tremendous command all year i think with 13 walks in his 57 innings uh, so less of a risk of a blow up than with some other available options for saves he's only 23 years old too so uh, a nice future bullpen piece for the white sox to build around that i don't know that organization needs like a full-on expose oh, yeah. 10-part netflix documentary <laughs> it seems like there's always drama going on behind the scenes but yeah, we can table that for another day
1: no, I think we should talk about the next three hours we should spend talking about the White Sox. That's one of the most fascinating things. I got things to do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I do not. Uh, but uh, it's more fascinating to talk about that than the safe stat, to be completely honest with you. But I'm going to go with someone. I have to be honest, Drew, when you put this list together and you put yours before mine, I was surprised you didn't go with the guy I'm going with. I'm going with Matt Brash. And maybe it's because maybe Matt Brash isn't considered a sleeper per se, just because of how ridiculous he's been at missing bats but with the Paul Seawall trade and with Andre Munoz not necessarily looking like himself lately he did get the save last night uh, did give up a couple of hits but they were all infield hits and one of them absolutely should have been an error Um, but Brash has gotten save chances he's only been okay in those save chances actually looked pretty good on Thursday but here's why I'm recommending Matt Brash Uh, Expected slugging percentage, 98th percentile, barrel percentage, 98th percentile, strikeouts, 98th percentile, whiff, 98th percentile, fastball velocity, 94th percentile, curveball spin, 97th percentile. In terms of pure stuff, this guy is as good and maybe not better than any reliever in baseball. And I know that's high praise and it's crazy that this is his full first professional season like this is he got some look last year he tried they tried him out as a starter it was obvious he wasn't going to throw enough strikes in order to be that type of guy Um, but he looked really good in the bullpen towards the end he was someone they were trusting in postseason games in fact and he's been like the last time I checked he was like leading the league in appearances which is pretty incredible too Um, I think Brash is going to get a lot of save chances because Munoz is going to be one of those guys that they use in the seventh and eighth inning as well. He's not going to be the set it and forget it closer like Santos is going to be, but I'm absolutely rostering Brash because even if you don't get a ton of save chances, he's going to help you in the rates so much. He's well worth adding for these final few weeks.
2: Yeah, we Ryan Boyer and I did a preview show. I, I forget. It was kind of a category preview show and I had Brash. As a sleeper, and he was like, "Really?" I was like, because yes. he didn't really have a, you know, he didn't have a defined role. He kind right. of, I guess, f- failed as a starter. Right. I was like, "Man, if you just watch that guy pitch, you're like, yeah." I, I, I don't know. This is gonna work in some way, and. I, I I would like to see him as a starter again, but he's he's found his job and he could be just a huge weapon, even if he's like a multi inning guy or or just have him be a closer like he could be a locked in dominant closer for a long time or setup man or a fireman. Let's call him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the one thing that I guess worries me is just because if he's he's also been the guy who. They have brought in, if there's runners on first and second and it's uh, two outs in the seventh inning, they bring them in and they have them only throw that one a strike out, inning. Yeah. yeah, and you yeah. need that strikeout, which you know certainly helps the Seattle Mariners, but doesn't really help fantasy rosters because you're only getting a third of an inning. And if you don't get that strikeout, and if something bad happens, you're at risk for something really bad to happen. Uh, also worth pointing out, Matt Brash, uh, you know the band Foster, The People? He looks like yeah. all three of them combined. If you look at all <laughs> of the members of foster the people combined, it looks exactly uh, like Matt brush. Uh, do we want to do streaming options for tomorrow? Drew? I guess you go for sure. All right. Um, I'm
2: going to take Logan Allen of the guardians going against the tigers. And when I first saw this on the board, I was like, well, he's probably rostered pretty, pretty heavily, but he's at 38%. Oh yeah. On he
0: Yahoo, gets-
2: so i Okay. Thank you. I've had to You're welcome you've given me battle. some grace on these recently, but, but he went, yeah, he had seven strikeouts over six scoreless innings last time out at Cincinnati, five innings of one run ball The start prior really. He's been pretty solid all year. 3.33 ERA 95 strikeouts and 97, a third innings for Cleveland um, gets a tiger's offense. That is pretty awful. Yeah. Um, you know, chance at a win, chance at some strikeouts, chance at ERA and whip help. I, I think he's an easy plug and play streaming option. That's all I got.
1: That's that's fun. And I we're going to go head to head for this one because I'm going to go with the guy he's going to be facing in Alex Fado, who has only given up well, one run in two of his last three starts. The Guardians offense stinks. Uh, that's something that I think you have to keep in mind with this thing. Um it, it, would I recommend Alex Fado if he was facing pretty much any other offense? No, sir. Heck no, I would not, even though he's pitched well in two of those last three. But ride the hot hand. Uh, I think he's uh, not a lock, but very likely to give you five innings of one to two run baseball. And uh, also, here's something to keep in mind. Drew's picking the other guy. So, of course, I'm going to win because Drew, 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 you're terrible at this. You're just terrible I've, at this, man. I have some, I have some really bad
2: news for you, Chris. Um, Alex Fado was pushed to, push to Monday.
1: Oh and, no. And <laughs> so now I'm, terrible is...
2: this too. now I'm terrible with mean, this too. Well, let's, all right. So Fado's going Monday against the Cubs. I think we could still count it for our contest purposes, or do you want to pick no. out another
1: one? Uh, let's pick out another one. Um, I'm just going to look at this so for real our, quick. So, gotta... so the
2: listeners can.
1: Yeah. This is uh, uh
2: you know what? I'll go. Need we'll time kill music. Yeah, Dakota Hudson. Uh,
1: Dakota yeah. Hudson against the Mets. No, nah, you don't want to really walk yeah, out, you? you know what? It's fine. Dakota Hudson. I will have my own guy beat you in this because he's going to give me six innings of three run baseball. He's going to get the win. How dare you suggest otherwise, sir?
2: Well, it is a lighter slate because six teams are not playing on Sunday because right. of the the hurricane on the West Coast. So, you know, a, a little more high, uh, or high, high degree of difficulty. We need to stop the yeah. show, Chris. I'm running out of steam. That's a pretty good idea.
1: This is, this was definitely a really good one. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Uh, follow us on X. I'm at Crawford underscore MILB. Drew is at your Silve. Rate and review the show if you like what you're hearing, especially all that silence. You had to love it. Hit that subscribe button as well and check out more episodes from a variety of hosts on a variety of topics every single day of the week. Uh, Tomorrow, me and Mr. Boyer will be back with our three up and three down and offer some fab suggestions. I think we'll have quite a few because there were a ton of prospects who got called up. Thanks again. And uh, Drew, why do you hate Dakota Hudson?